Hi, this is a disclaimer that the episode you're about to hear is part of a nine-week examination of the trans allegory of Silo on Apple TV. If you haven't seen it yet and don't want to be spoiled, go watch it and come back after. But seriously, go watch it. It's amazing. Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. It's time for the fifth part of the unintentional trans allegory of Silo. Tilly Vision Reservoir Full, it's time to silo up. This week we're covering episode six. It's a huge one for the allegory and gets an installment all its own. I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the lines that keep my writing from angling off into nonsense, Susan Bridges. Yay, I like that one. That's a good one. And once again, our returning discussion partner, the out-of-this-world Samantha Cuddy. Hello, everyone. Yay, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yay. We are going to just dive right in to talking about episode six, because it's going to take us this whole episode. There's a lot going on. All right. So Juliet breaks into Trumbull's apartment and plants the rubber duck pest dispenser relic for Billings to find, which he does. We get a flashback to Juliet looking at the pest dispenser with George. She says the heat tape saves lives, and he drew the map that helped her steal it. Again, important to remember when we get to the end. Juliet. These relics aren't worth risking our lives for. George, if these things aren't worth risking our lives for, why do they make it a risk to our lives to have them? Hmm, that's a good question, And George. the way this reads about trans history, trans medicine, trans right. If being trans isn't a real thing, why have you erased us from history? How can we be a threat to the lies if we're entirely wrong about our own identities? Why do you fight so hard to stop us from being ourselves if being trans isn't real? Phew. It's heavy. To George, the watch relic is everything, because relics are clues to the past. It doesn't work, but we know Juliet later fixes it. Look what that foreshadows. She can fix what broke in the past so that it works in the future, i.e. change society. There's a competition for knowing the pact. Billings won it four times, but he says these days when you win, it's Sims that gives you the pin, not Judge Meadows, showing you again that the system of justice is distorted and controlled by the men at the top. Here we see Billings has the syndrome and is trying to hide it. We'll talk a whole lot more about that in a bit. When Juliet and Billings meet Sims, he says they have files on every relic found over the last 140 years. But note, not everyone has those files, just judicial. Which is definitely like a surprise, because it's like, oh, the sheriffs don't have the info. Right? Juliet tried to get that info and found nothing. They are controlling information. 
In a flashback, we get the line, people leave traces. History is just traces of a whole lot of people over a whole lot of time. And what happens when you erase people from history, like rebels or anyone pre-rebellion or trans people? You get people who don't understand why there are quote-unquote suddenly more trans people and feel like it's all so new. We didn't have transgenders in my day. Yes, you did, old man. They were just afraid to come out publicly. But if you erase us from history, how would they know? It's like a left-handed graph. It, then that's, that <laughs> left-handed graph shows up in the Trans Tuesday on trans people have always existed. And not to mention, like, so many trans people back then, those who did transition, would up their lives and leave. Boom. Yeah. And they would go stealth the rest of their lives and never one would ever know. Because they couldn't, because then they would, you know, face violence and danger. Yeah, and some of the rules just to be allowed to be able to transition back then, like you had to be quote-unquote trans but straight, i.e. if you were a trans woman, you had to be attracted to men, even if you were married to a woman. So you would have to get divorced in order to get get HRT or surgeries and all that. Yeah, yeah. And that level of gatekeeping, it's only recently that that's kind of been lifted yeah yeah it's terrible they used to be you had to they would only maybe let you medically transition if you were upholding this is gender binary in the way that you transitioned and that's really awful and it had to be severe enough that they would allow you to transition exactly right yeah that too worth more gatekeeping yeah but yeah like you find like scattered stories of people in the 30s or 40s where it was like yeah this person died if they were oh my god a woman but living as a man yeah they're all scandalous but you don't get that very often because usually people weren't notable enough for those kinds of stories to come out yeah so there were obviously more people than yeah. just the handful you heard about yeah some of the cases were like yep this child they the parents took the child away for a year they came back and they had a daughter instead which I have to give kudos to those parents for right? back then really defying the norms, mm-hmm. especially back then. Yeah. There are still some good people out there. Come on. George, don't you ever think about the world beyond the silo? Juliet, no. When would I have time to do that? And then she complains about people messing up the generator. And if that seems like it's not important, let me stop you right there. Because the only way oppression of marginalized people, like trans people, works is by those who are not marginalized letting it happen. By them keeping you too busy with obligations to realize you yourself are trans or to realize you're participating in our oppression. Juliet, when you talk about these relics, something ignites in you and I can see it on your face. And I don't see that on a lot of people. And whatever that feeling is, when you feel it, I feel it too. To me, this speaks directly to seeing other trans people happy post-transition, full of joy and life and laughter, living happy lives. Representation matters. If you can see it, you can be it. When I came out, I thanked all the trans ladies whose visibility made me feel I could do it too. And as I mentioned on my journey, it was that visibility that helped give me that nudge to come out. Like, It's not scary. It's not the end of the world. Right. It makes such a difference. It does. Juliet, and this is one of my favorite lines, it was easy to fix once I made the right tools. 
She's talking about the relic watch, again, something that was broken in the past, and it works now because she made the right tools and that fixed it. That absolutely speaks to me of changing your body to alleviate gender dysphoria. And I'm not saying transition is easy, but compared to not being able to do anything about the dysphoria that's drowning you, by comparison, yeah, it's easy as hell. So Juliet and Billings go to see Regina, George's old girlfriend. She says George went down into his camp by the digger to explore the big questions, illegal questions. He lost his family, but he didn't mind isolating me from mine. Regina says that George's obsession with relics in the past, uncovering his transness and trying to transition, cost him his family. And because she helped him obtain relics, continue his transition, the bigotry her family had for him meant her family shunned her too. Could that be any clearer in the way so many trans people get kicked out of homes and jobs, lose friends and family for coming out? And here was Regina, who helped George, and then bigotry directed at George got applied to her. And she blames George for this. Note that she never once blames her family for being bigots, or wonders why she wants the love and approval of bigots anyway. Having bigots in her life and having their respect was more important to her than George discovering his truth. And like, yikes, right? Now remember, this is a very real thing that happens to trans people all the damn time. And people close to them. Weird. This is, like, very relatable. Huh? I'm having a strong sense of deja vu. (laughs) Sims tells Juliet they knew the pest dispenser belonged to her colleague, George. His apartment was searched before he died and it wasn't there, but it was found when Juliet searched Trumbull's apartment. She says that's the first time she ever saw it. Bernard wants to know if Trumbull was on the team that searched George's apartment. Sims says the names of the search team members are strictly confidential, and right here you see one of the guiding principles of those at the top. Consequences for thee, but not for me. And we see this all the time, where cis people do all kinds of things trans people do, but it's fine when they do it. Yet when trans people do it, it's suddenly a problem. Again and again and again, see the Trans Tuesday and cis people get gender-affirming health care too. And we see it again immediately with Bernard. Any further investigation might expose the truth, and that could prove destabilizing. Some mysteries are best left unsolved. Uncovering the truth might cause problems for him, and we can't have that, so let's just stop knowing things. Juliet and Billings talk, and she lays this on him. Your hands shake. You have flashes of pain. Under pressure, you clench your hands so tight I'm surprised your fingers don't fall off. You have the syndrome, and you're hiding it. So, Deputy... Living by the letter of the pact, you know it's a crime what you're doing, not reporting yourself. And according to the pact, you're in no way qualified to be in a position of authority, to have access to a firearm, to detain criminals, to even be a deputy in this department. What this is showing you is that Billings is trying to pass. Again, this doesn't mean he's the only allegorical trans representation in the show. You've seen others already. But he tries to hide something physical about his body, so he'll be accepted by people who do not have that attribute and does all he can to pass as one of them and tell no one, and thus is very much a stealth trans person. Stealth trans people can pass as cis and let people think that they are. And passing is a whole complicated topic. It is. Not delving into that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that would be like another 10-part episode there. Right? 
And Julia can spot this in him because she's a flame keeper slash trans person too. No, she does not have the syndrome. Again, a lot of this allegory isn't clean in the way others I've written about are, but the direct parallels to trans life are definitely still there. In here, she's calling out the hypocrisy of him being Mr. All About the Pack, which was an overcorrection on his part to try to hide his truth. Kind of like when you see stridently anti-gay politicians getting caught in gay extramarital affairs, you know? And not all anti-gay people are actually secretly gay. That's a big... Of course not. Let's just not say that. But some of them are. Some are. It and that's happened. That's what Billings is doing here. He's right. overcorrecting into, no one will suspect me if I'm Mr. This is bad. Yes. Yeah. Later, Billings is at home. His hands are shaking from the syndrome. He's worried their baby has it too. His wife. Just because you have it doesn't mean she will. Billings. But I worry. He's worried his kid is going to be trans, too. We don't know exactly what the root reason for transness is. Some people are just born this way. But there's also a lot of evidence of people in the same family being trans, be they parent, child, or even siblings, some of whom made a paragon of trans allegories all on their own. In a flashback, Juliet asks, What's the big question? George. There are a lot of them. What's outside? What's beyond what the sensor can see? Why are we here? How long have we been here? How much time do we have left? He's wondering about the world, about all the gaps in their knowledge from the selective information they've been taught. He wants to know. Juliet, what's the biggest one? George, what if everything you know to be true, everything you've been told by the people you love, was in fact just one big lie? I've got goosebumps right now. This is the transiest question ever. I almost screamed when he said it when we watched the show. Also, hi, hello, Matrix Connection. Because for a whole lot of us trans folks, that is exactly our reality. Transness was erased from history, erased from public life. I didn't even know trans was something a person could be until I was an adult. That information was kept from me by society, by family, by friends. Some of them may have known and not talked about it because it was quote-unquote shameful or quote-unquote a joke or for even worse reasons. Some of them probably also didn't know trans was something a person could be because they too had been lied to and fooled by society and everyone around them. The cis-binary matrix of assigned gender at birth is a lie. Gender does not work that way, but our entire society is founded upon that lie and it keeps cis-white men in power at the top. And so it goes right on perpetuating across generations. And when you realize the entire world has been lying to you for your entire life, let me tell you, there is no bigger question you could ever ask yourself. Do I really know myself better than all of freaking society? And in fact, yes. Yes, you do. And that's what really strikes me there about what society says when you first come out. Society questions you. Are you mentally competent? Is there a test you could take to confirm you're trans? Yeah. How do you know this is real versus what we've been told? Because we, particularly when it comes down to a cis person telling, you're telling, they don't understand that the struggle of dysphoria, of yeah. feeling of knowing that your mind and body are not connected properly. Yeah. It's so hard for them to understand, to even grasp it, even the most well-meaning ones. Yeah. 
I, I've mentioned this, but I had to, like I said in a previous episode, prove my transness to a therapist in order to get access to transition care. And she was cis, and her entire job is just talking to trans people about these things. And I still had to prove to her that I was trans. She didn't just accept it. I didn't have informed consent with our insurance. So it wasn't just like, I'm trans and I need transition care. It was, you know, all of these questions that she asked me for an hour about me and my life and my history to prove I was trans. They wouldn't just take my word for it. And it's it sucks, let me tell you. There's so much conformity that you don't even realize. Yeah. That lays on top of everyone like a mm-hmm. blanket. And not to mention that kind of almost defeats the purpose of having a therapist at that point. A therapist is somebody you should be able to trust. But right? now you're in a position where you are afraid if you answer a question incorrectly, they'll be like, nope, you're not trans. Exactly Check the no box. right. No HRT, no surgery, nothing. Yeah. nothing Before you want. I had that talk with them, I knew they were going to ask me these things. So I took all this time and I wrote all of these notes trying to dredge up every memory I could think of that proved I was trans from my childhood, things that I did, things that happened to me, how I felt so that I had all of those that I wouldn't stumble when she was asking me the questions like I didn't know the answers and have her be like, well, you're just making this up. And I like as if that's some of the things someone would do. So it, yeah, what a mess. Okay, so when Walk and Juliet talk on the radio, Walk has this great bit that defines her. Time? You've got no concept of time. You think you do, but you don't, because you've got a whole lot more ahead of you than behind. Time to you is just an idea. To me, it's years spent trapped behind a closed door with memories, all your friends and loved ones being somewhere out there on the other side of it, You can talk to me about time when you can't bring yourself to step out the door, when seconds have become years. Right there, you can so clearly see Walk as a closeted trans person. She even talks about all the people she cares about being kept away from her. In one way, I describe an aspect of my gender dysphoria, like a wall separating me from people I cared about and I couldn't get to them. And she couldn't bring herself to step out of the closet because she was too scared of the people out in the world and what they'd do, how they'd react. And now she looks back and sees the years she's lost, years of memory she didn't get to have and a life she didn't get to live. I still have that even now, because again, the past will always haunt those of us who transition as adults. I wasn't in the closet so much as entirely lost without knowing why, but the effect is the same. A life missed out on because we didn't get to live it as ourselves. Again, please see the Trans Tuesday on the past and why it haunts us. And I just have to say on this one, it's also a lot of us go through disassociation where we just yep. go through the motions, Is but that... we really don't live in those times. Yeah. We are just, we are just almost like a puppet to society and our own attempts to fit in, but not really fully living in it. And it's easy just to like, years go by in that kind of in that haze yeah and then once you really you start to transition it's like your eyes open up you're like oh this is my life yeah and it's so much easier to connect yeah right walk see i don't know what happened but when you left here love had you trying to do the right thing and now anger is making you give up fear did the same thing to me And that is a waste of time. She has a photo of her and her ex-wife, and she turns out the light over it, leaving it in darkness. 
Her inability to come out of the closet even cost her the woman she loved most because she wasn't able to authentically be with her. Juliet goes back to Regina, who again goes on about how her relationship with George cost her everything, all because she dared to help him seek the truth. She gives Juliet a relic George left with her, the kid's travel guide about Georgia. It was George's, given to him by his Aunt Gloria. You see here that flame keepers and transness runs in families. It was passed down and hidden for generations. It's from before the silo, before there was a reason to lie, an authentic piece of history. In fact, this book, this piece of truth, was so important that George was named after it. His entire family was flame keepers and it cost them everything. Regina, when you see what you'll see, don't speak it out loud. Don't let them hear. This will get you killed. Juliet looks at the book in her apartment. There are trees, water with boats on top, and dolphins underneath. A shell-slash-spiral on the beach. Order from chaos. And yes, a beach, more water. But none of this water is dangerous. Again, the spiral. Order from chaos. If you can learn about the water in a safe environment, if you can understand it, it's not so scary. You can address the fear and learn how to combat it. If trans people can address their gender dysphoria as kids, they can do something about it. It can prevent a lifetime of pain and anguish. It can prevent body changes from the wrong puberty that are so much of what gives trans people gender dysphoria. If you can name the pain, you can fix it. And that is what society doesn't want trans people to know. And that is why almost every major medical association that is credible is in support of transition. Yeah. Every single one of them. That's I, what's so irritating. Yeah. Like people act like there are no standards. No, there are. There have been standards yeah. on decades. Yeah. There, doctors have followed. There have sometimes been problems with those standards, but they're getting better and they do exist. And now every single major medical association in the U.S. supports transition care for kids. Puberty blockers, social transition, things like that. Not surgeries, but yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, people completely just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And I was, okay. and things recently did get a little, even better for the adults as well. Like, I was actually just looking over some notes for another surgery. It's like, you have to have two letters and XYZ. Now, yeah. you still have to get a letter, one letter. But it's so, step in the right direction. We then get a shot of the mirror. The flowers are knocked down, and the secret judicial control room is watching her. And if you're paying attention, you know what's coming, trans friends. The mirror betrayed her. Thanks for being here, Samantha. Thanks for letting me talk about the silo and geek out a little bit. Yay. And yeah, see, I told you silo was transy, and I wasn't kidding. Tilly Bridges and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Julian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, 
at facebook.com slash Tilly S. Bridges and on Insta at Heck Yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillyStransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.